Well, hello and welcome to the Friendly City Insider Podcast, your inside look at news and events from Moose Jaw City Hall. I'm Communications Manager Craig Hemingway, and on this episode, unidirectional flushing begins next week. What is it? Why do we do it? And how does it affect your household? We'll hear from Stacey Debrescu from our Public Works Department to tell us more about that. We'll also hear from our Parks Gardener, Sarah Regent, about Dutch Elm-related topics. The pruning ban ends Labor Day weekend. There's spring coming up, tree bending clinic to help stop canker worms, and a whole bunch more uh, that Sarah can uh, tell us about later on. We'll also give you an update on water main construction and some of the detours happening, and and, uh, one in particular that uh, will affect a couple of schools on South Hill. And, of course, school starting uh, on September 4th as we tape this just before the Labor Day weekend. So that's all coming up. A couple of things. Huge, huge day on August 29th at East End Park in Moose Jaw, corner of 9th Northeast and Ominica Street. It was the groundbreaking ceremony for a brand new, all ages, fully accessible spray park. Now, back a few months ago in the 2018 budget, it was announced that $165,000 had been approved by Moose Jaw City Council for a new spray park to replace the paddling pool at East End Park. And that would have got a, a decent spray park built. However, our Eastside Community Association applied to the co-ops community spaces program through federated co-op and, and locally distributed through the Moose Jaw Co-op. Well, they stepped up with $120 thousand dollars so we're able to make just a a real real impressive spray park as we said all ages all abilities fully accessible and ground was broken construction underway already and they're hoping to have construction done by the end of this year and and uh, definitely the grand opening will be held next year so a fourth spray park coming to the city of moose jaw you can check more on that at the city's website some of the great pictures and, and 3d renderings of the new park it's pretty spectacular Uh, A couple things related to the spray parks, of course. The last day in 2018 to enjoy the spray parks is Labor Day Monday, September 3rd. And the same goes for the Phyllis Dewar Outdoor Pool. September 3rd is the last day of operation this year. Uh, for those, of course, Kinsman Sportsplex is just uh, ramping up even more and more. And uh, regular hours continue on Labor Day Monday at the Kinsman also. And of course, the Kinsman is going to be very busy on September 5th. That is Community Registration Night for you to sign up for all the community association programs that are outlined in the Fall Recreation Guide, which came out in mid-August. Four till eight at the Sportsplex, you can uh, pay cash, check, and uh, get registered for all those programs. If you can't make it Wednesday, it's all right. There is ongoing registration uh, that starts on September 6th. All programs are tentative and will be confirmed based on minimum registration numbers. So register early to make sure you get in for the program you want to sign up for. Now, on to unidirectional flushing. It is an annual process uh, by our city crews. And last year, uh, zones one and three were done. And this year, it's zone two being tackled by our public works department and tell us all about unidirectional flushing, what it is, why we do it, why it's important. Uh, right now, it's Stacy Debrescu, Public Works Supervisor for Water and Wastewater. Stacy, thanks for joining us on the podcast. Thanks for inviting me. Hey, anytime. No, this is, uh, I mean, for, for, for you and in your crews, of course, I mean, this is a, a busy stretch, an annual event, mm-hmm. unidirectional flushing. I guess let's start with, for those that don't know, and probably includes many of us what exactly is unidirectional flushing it's nothing to do with 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 toilets or very little to do with (laughs) yes very little to do with toilets 
What it is, is it's, it's different than just opening a hydrant and flushing the hydrant through. Uh, we actually are directionally flushing the water. So we're pulling the water a certain way, which will give us more ability to scour the lines and remove more sedimentation than if you just opened a hydrant. Sure. So I guess in saying that, that really does speak, I guess, to the to the why we're doing this. Let's answer the question why we're doing this and then maybe follow up with some, you know, a little more of the uh, what goes into actually doing it. But why, why do we do this? So the reason that we do it is to clean the water lines, essentially, remove the sedimentation from the sidewalls of the lines, as well as um, it increases... Uh, clarity like water quality actually is what it is it, it it has a chance of giving us a better water quality as well as it can actually reduce pumping costs for the distribution lines so would there be then when we're doing the unidirectional flushing i mean are these pipes where their water is normally flowing through there but we're just doing it at a much higher pressure now uh, not a higher pressure. We keep the pressure within the same realm. What it is, is that we're directionally pushing the water. So the water isn't pressurizing the way that it does right now, where it pressurizes over a grid, right? So it has the same pressure moving every which way. Now what we're doing is we're pushing the pressure one way, which has a better scouring velocity. Okay. And so does that go then uh, pipe to pipe, block to block? Yes, yes, it can be that way, but because we do have a water line that's water lines that are run like grids, uh, we have to close a lot of valves, open other valves, basically force the water to go a certain way so that we can clean all of the lines. Okay, so then, uh, so what goes into that then to actually be able to do this? What do our crews have to do? They have to be, well, they'll be out on site. Um, they will be opening and closing valves, so they're a very transient crew, so they're moving frequently. And we actually have um, a, a company that's coming in to assist us with it, um, that this is what they specifically do. Um, and we'll be running hydrants, so there's going to be a lot of overland water in the areas that we are flushing, so it... Uh, so water on the streets, that sort of thing? Yes. Yes. Yes, a lot of water on the streets. Yes. Okay. We do dechlorinate the water when it's coming out of the hydrant, um, but we're also taking tests off the hydrant, which also gives us the opportunity to, to inspect the hydrants at the same time, find out you know if anything's broken or if they're working, and it's great right before winter comes to actually be touching those hydrants and find out where they're at. Sure thing. And then so to exercise the valves, we don't have to break the ground to do this, do we? No, we don't. Actually, it's a valve key that is inserted into the ground. There's a special uh, entrance point for it and we operate it from above ground. Okay, so we know, we know where the access points are. We just find one, open it up, fire down our... Uh, our tool? Yeah. <laughs> is there a specific name for the tool that you have, we have to we put in the it's ground? It's a valve to, key. A valve key. There we go. Yes. Which you just mentioned. I'll yes. pay attention more going forward. <laughs> but there's a lot that goes into this, and that's I guess that's why we're doing this, is to explain that process so people know uh, what it is that actually has to get done. And, and we've talked a little bit about um, the overland water you mentioned, which will be dechlorinated, so it won't ruin grass or any of those things, Correct. right? Right. Um, but for residents uh, who are going to be in areas where this is getting done, how will this affect them? It can cause discoloration. 
in your water. Um, so what we are asking people is to, to the best of their ability, refrain using the water while we're actually flushing. Um, you know, obviously you may have to use the water. We understand that. Um, following that, all you'd have to do is just flush your lines out and it should become clear. Now, a lot of people think, oh, well, expect that it would be clear right away. Sometimes it can take time because we may have to actually do a separate run that will be running past your place, but just in a different direction. So you may think that it's done, but it's sometimes not as simple as that. Sure thing. So how will residents know though when, when it will be done in front of their area? They can actually log on to the City of Moose Show website and we are going to have an interactive map that we will be updating every day. So yellow means that that's where we plan to be going within the next 24 to 48 hours. Um, and the blue will actually be that we've already passed that area and we don't expect to go back. So once it has cleared blue for, you know, a few blocks or three to five blocks, Typically, you should be able to run the water and it should clear up very quickly. And how many blocks do we do in a day? Everywhere is different. Sure. Yeah, sure. it's completely different. It depends on some we have what we call them runs. Some are long, some are short, just depending on where the pipe goes and how many connections are to that pipe. How close does it need to be to my house for me to be affected? Like if, you know, if they're say two blocks away from me, if there's a yellow two blocks away mm -hmm. from me, will that affect my water? Yes, it definitely could. It may, it may not. <laughs> uh, we do have a lot of old cast iron pipes, so um, it will often stay discolored until we're completely past you. Sure. Uh, is there a radius that where you would be deemed not to be in the zone or is it really just a matter of if I turn on I've got a little bit of brown water well clearly I know that it's being affected I'll let mm -hmm. it run until it's clear exactly it's really just about uh, in the end giving us better drinking water and better water to use right getting rid of sediment getting yes. rid of anything else right this is just giving us better shuttle. quality of water yeah we do have very good quality of water I know discoloration is obviously a concern for some people that's all due to the cast iron, but it is not harmful in any way. And if people are concerned about discoloration, because aesthetically it's unpleasing, for sure, fill up your own pipe or buckets or, you know, pots or water or whatever you want to fill up just to make sure that you're covered for the time period that will be flushing past you. Yeah, and we'll, we'll emphasize this is not, not... Uh, like a boil water. You're not under any advisory when this is going on. No, not at all. We're using the same water that runs through those pipes all the time. Nothing cha is changing that way. The only thing that's changing is we're changing the direction of flow. Right. Okay, so we're going to start this on September 4th. How long will the entire program last? It's expected to last for three to four weeks. Okay, so through the end of September, basically. Yes. Uh, and it's going to run from what times during the day? It's going to run from Monday to Saturday from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. Okay. And we mentioned that you can find the, the map. Uh, just go to the City of Moose Jaw on the homepage. Uh, right at the top, you will see uh, unidirectional flushing uh, link there. Click that. It'll take you to the information that you need to know about why we do it, how it improves the water, and, of course, as Stacy mentioned, that... Uh, the interactive map showing where we're going to be uh, on any given day and where we have already been. Uh, Stacy DeBrescu, Public Works Supervisor for Water and Wastewater. Anything else to add about unidirectional flushing? Just a reminder that 
they are, these are transient crews. So when you see water on the ground, don't drive through it. There's often a, a worker standing right beside that water and try and steer away from them so they can do their job. Our thanks again to Stacey DeBrescu, Public Works Supervisor for Water and Wastewater, telling us about unidirectional flushing, the full schedule uh, and maps, as we said right now, at moosejaw.ca. And speaking of all things water, Maine's Phase 3 of the city's water main replacement program well underway here in 2018. Going great. Five sites fully completed right now. Two others are well underway. One of those is Manitoba Street. They're working on the 0 to 100 block right now. And they're going to continue to push eastward uh, through the 100 and 200 blocks and uh, replace the water main. And, of course, get a brand new road there. And uh, that will fix that 2nd Ave and Manitoba intersection uh, by the subway SO there, that's boy, it's it's pretty rough, isn't it? But that is part of what is being uh, taken care of uh, with this phase of water main construction. And the other one you no doubt have noticed is happening on 12th Avenue Southwest. And right now the work is concentrated on the south side of the four-way stop at Cotto and 12th. And that work will push forward northwards through that four-way stop. So uh, in a period of time, uh, there will be detours right at that four-way. Right now, though, uh, the detours uh, are at 10th Avenue and 14th Avenue off of Cotto. And so that's especially important for uh, school buses and uh, parents wanting to drive their kids to school, whether it be Westmount or Sacred Heart. You will have to use detours uh, at 14th or 10th, depending on which side of 12th you're on uh, to make sure you can get to those schools on South Hill. And again, we've got the detour maps and more information on the water main construction right now online at moosejaw.ca. So yeah, school getting back in. And of course, as September begins, we're in the final month or so of attending to green spaces in the city, flowers and trees and parks. Uh, and for those of you with elm trees, pruning season has returned. So tell us more about the elm pruning ban being lifted and some of the many programs the City of Moose Jaw is undertaking to take care of trees and parks over the next few weeks. It is our Parks Gardener, Sarah Regent. Sarah, thanks for being here. Oh, it's always good to be on the podcast. You're, you're our most frequent guest on the podcast <laughs> in, its, in its early life so far. That's, you know, for a lot of reasons, including the fact there's just lots, especially this time of year, to, to talk about for sure, right? So like, how busy are you these days? Are you just planning for everything that's happening, uh, you know, before freeze up? Yeah, it's quite busy. Um, as you said, we only have so many days to finish wrapping things up, and we have a lot of tree-related activities that happen in September which is really exciting for me because I am a tree person, but it's also very exciting for a lot of people who have been waiting all summer to prune that one elm that maybe grew just a little too much. And starting Saturday, September 1st, you are safe to prune the elms. Yes, the elm uh, pruning ban, which uh, comes into effect every April and goes through the end of August, as you mentioned, is, is ending this weekend. I guess maybe I'll back up just for a second too. And just, you know, this has been a story this year, you know, Dutch elm disease or elm trees have, have taken a hit this year. Uh, maybe a, a little more than, than average, but not an alarming amount over? Yeah, that's right. So we're a little bit higher than our average um, over the last four years, which was 14 trees per year. This year so far, we've had 18 trees. Um, we're still waiting on a couple of test results, so it's possible that goes up by another one or two trees. Um, nothing major, though. The biggest thing this year is we had a few cases where one infection actually took out multiple trees because they were planted close together and the infection moved through the roots. And so it took out, you know, two or three trees in one location, but it was just one infection, so we were still able to contain it. 
It's been a pretty hot and dry summer. How has that affected uh, trees uh, and, and, and greenery in general here in the city? You know, one thing I noticed just being on the golf courses, it seemed to me the leaves started falling far earlier this year than normal. Absolutely. A lot of our trees are really drought stressed and really heat stressed. It was a bad year this year in terms of stress on trees and other perennials. Um, but it also was last year, which a lot of people don't realize. We didn't quite have the same heat. We had a little more moisture. Um, but not that much and we didn't have very good snow cover this winter so it's been a lot of stress on the tree so you are seeing some early leaf drop on them and that's just due to stress yeah and a cumulative effect right as you yeah. just mentioned the last several seasons being uh, fairly fairly dry for sure uh back to the elm ban again which is lifted uh, starting september 1st you can you can prune your your elm trees any any tricks to the trade any things we should know before we go to prune a prune a tree Anything, you know, one way, is one way better than another or, or in terms of where you're cutting and all those things? For sure. There are um, a lot of pruning techniques that will, will help your tree recover from pruning a lot faster. The biggest one is not to leave any stumps when you prune the tree. So make sure you always prune back to another branch that's at least a third of the size or bigger of the branch that you cut. Um, so depending on, of course, your different cuts, which can get quite technical if you want to Google, you know, diagrams of different pruning cuts, they're actually really great. And that will illustrate how to prune your tree so that it can heal over that wound as quickly as possible. And sticking with the, the whole elm theme, we're trying to, of course, do what we can to prevent uh, Dutch elm disease. Uh, one of those ways is with basil spraying. And we're about to undertake that right away here. Tell us about that program. Our basil spraying program targets the elm bark beetle that spreads Dutch elm disease. And so the elm bark beetles overwinter in the bottom 50 centimeters of the tree or about two feet. And so if we just target spray that portion of the tree, we can control the beetles actually with a very high degree of success. And that'll prevent them from hopping from tree to tree and potentially spreading Dutch elm disease. And any areas that we do spray will be marked with a white and green sign that says this block or this area has been sprayed for elm bark beetles and also all trees that are sprayed will have a colored dot spray painted on them just before spraying. Okay, outstanding. Um, another way to help uh, keep our trees healthy is with tree banding and this is something that of course uh, residents are encouraged to do is, is band trees but many go well how do I band a tree? Well there's a clinic for that and that is coming up here September 11th. Sarah uh, tell us all the details. So our banding clinic is on the 11th, as you said. We're running from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. I'll be in Elgin Park. We will have all the stuff you need to band a tree. We'll be doing hands-on demonstrations, explanation on how to band a tree, which trees you should band, which ones don't really need it, and also an explanation as to why we band and how it is that they catch the canker worms, which are those annoying worms that will eat the leaves off the tree in the early spring. And the fun continues uh, through the month of September. Uh, we're trying to control so much and uh, really now we're, we're on from our trees to just to, to green spaces in general. We're going to be spraying for weeds later this month. We are. And so we have a number of areas. The full list is going to be on the website. Um, we are spraying them for perennial weeds largely at this time of year and we're spraying our irrigated spaces. So we're targeting those weeds just before they go dormant um, when they're already translocating everything into their roots. So that helps us get a really effective kill. Okay. Well, lots going on there. Have we missed anything from talking about, uh, you know, Dutch elm disease and, and our basil spring for that and the, and the banding clinic and the pruning band ending, ending uh, at the end of August? What have we missed? <laughs> oh, there's a lot of tree stuff 
going on. Um, that is covers everything that's happening in sort of the first half of September. Come the second half of September, do watch for the Tree of Significance program coming out. Okay, we look forward to hearing more about that. And I, 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 I'm, I'm going to foretell the future, and I'm going to bet you're going to be heard in a future podcast talking about the Tree of Significance program. So Sarah Regent is our Parks Gardener. Uh, thanks so much, and enjoy the long weekend. You too. Sarah Regent, Parks Gardener for the City of Moose Jaw. Our thanks to Sarah, to Stacey DeBrescu, and to you for listening. If you have a question about anything we do here at the City of Moose Jaw, would like that question answered on a future episode of the Friendly City Insider podcast, we certainly encourage you to do that. You can uh, reach us on our, our Twitter page, at City Moose Jaw, or through the Facebook page, or uh, just send an email to myself, chemingway at moosejaw.ca. Have a great Labor Day weekend. Go Riders! We'll talk to you again soon.